Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Hold up, Key. Yo! What did I, first of all, who just asked you to punch Jay in the head? Is that Dave? Now we're hitting uh, people in the head? Yeah, one of them, one of them wanted me to. I think it was Dave. Invoke violence up on another brother, and I really Over what? it. Uh, about the uh, Draymond Green situation, that Jay thinks that Draymond did something wrong and he deserved to be ejected from the game. And He's right. I don't believe other people feel that way. Well, the, the, the best part about the whole conversation was that he said, when Dave said, you got to hit him up against the head, he said, have you seen this man's head, though? I may hurt yeah. my hand. Yeah, Key is right, though. That's a sucker move to you hit a dude got in the head. S- Jay, you're all skull. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hit a guy in the skull. You hurt. You break you're your all hand. all skully. You're better uh, off open-handing the, the top of no, the head. No, you're not going to Will Smith me now. Well, I'm saying the top I'm of the head. But you know, even if I, even that's if how you I, break your hand on someone's I'll, head. Even if I smacked it in my hand. I, I like my fingers. <laughs> Jay has a very hard head. It looks it, right? It takes one to know one, Keyshawn. Uh, no, seriously. Have you, you know, when you go, so, well, Max probably. You eat watermelon, Max? What's that? Do you eat watermelon? Oh, what, are you kidding? Of course. By the so way, when, and it's awesome. Do, it's the best do thing you there is. buy it in the store? Uh, or do you, uh, uh, I do you buy This is it, a great right, question. I buy it in the store, by the way, without a second thought. I just get to walk right into a store, buy so all walk, the watermelon you walk, I want. You walk into a store, yep. and you just pick up a watermelon. And, and, I can pick it up. I could. Kiss the watermelon. No, I but I was, no, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I get it. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not setting you up. This no, is not it. a well. 1920 type situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you go into a store to pick up a watermelon, yeah. what you have to do is you have to pick it up, take mm-hmm. a look at it, you have mm-hmm. to rotate it, mm-hmm. and you take your right or your left hand and the fist knock, in knock, your knuckles, knock. yep. and knock you it. tap on it. Yep. Knock it. You got to knock it to see yep. if it's firm, where's the hollow space is at. Right. So, in other words, where I'm going with this is Jay's head <laughs> is like it's a so round stupid. watermelon. It's so and you got to knock on it a few times this is to find out where the hollow space is. Self racism. Are you saying the hollow Using spaces a are everywhere? to compare a black person's head, what are we doing, King? <laughs> oh, God, stop. <laughs> what are we doing we to each other as a people? Oh, brother, <laughs> they ain't got to worry about me with that. You know that. Power to the people. Knock on Jay's head. Oh, now Max is awkwardly staring at my head. That was a violent, studio. violent crosstalk. That's all I have to say. <laughs> no, it was. It was. Uh, Jay's a Jay's a good human being. And speaking of a head, I had a friend who has a bald head. He he hit a. He was doing something over the weekend and messed around and, and hit the top of his head with a nail. Wow. Yeah. What? With a nail. With because he was he was being cheap. What? And instead of purchasing what he needed, the mantle over his fireplace, he, he decided he was going to build one. Uh-oh, one of those. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max, I, but I wasn't even going there. And he decided he was going to build it. And he, I guess he messed around. And as he was leaning underneath, he raised up and it hit a nail, went right into it. He's got a all, big just, giant gash. Just because oh. you have a bald head, don't mean you have a hard head. What is that? What is that conflation of those two ideas? I get a tetanus shot after that, right? Oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure. sure he. I'm sure he got all the different stuff, and he probably found oh. somewhere that he would get it for free, knowing him. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't even use his insurance. By the way, here's here's key, Jay. I have what, a friend next door. Here, hey, here's key, Jay. What? 
what uh, series should I go to? This one or that one? By the way, this one I got a hookup. I'm going to be able to arrange it, so I'm good. <laughs> so which one should I go to? Not spend any money. Keyshawn J. Willimax is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Get the $45 Silver Unlimited plan for straight, from Straight Talk Wireless. Um, guys, let's recap Key's real rankings. Key, these are your top six winners of the NFL draft. Give them to me, Key. Well, uh, I was waiting for production. Yeah. I guess there's Any no sound? production. Nope. Anyway, so we're going to go six down. We're going to start with the Cardinals. And this factors into this the trades, too, now. They get Hollywood Brown to replace Kristen Kirk. He goes back into the air raid, pairs with his college quarterback in Kyler Murray. He understands the system. He didn't necessarily like Baltimore's system because it didn't allow him to maximize his potential. Number five, the Giants. I like what they did getting Kayvon Thibodeau. They needed a tackle in Evan Neal, so they get that guy. They sit at five. The Eagles, again, a trade. Uh, They go out and get A.J. Brown. They also pick up a big defensive lineman. We know what they have in the quarterback, along with Devontae Smith. They sit at five. uh, I mean, four. You look at the Packers, and a lot of people. Number three. The number of people. Y'all going to throw it in there Uh, now? That's okay. (laughs) The the Packers did a great job by getting uh, Walker, the inside linebacker, and then Devontae Wyatt, the big defensive tackle out of Georgia. Freakish athleticism. But overall, they did a great job. Kristen Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. Then they pick up Romeo Dobbs, another receiver who could have been a second-round pick, fell to the fourth round, has a plenty of upside, like ridiculous. And so when you look at what they did, three tack- three three wide receivers in this draft, two defensive tackles, now they sit at number three. The Ravens, on the other hand, they flip things and turn it around where everybody was like, oh, my God, the Ravens need to get a receiver. They say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to take Kyle Hamilton. We're going to get Tyler Linderbaum, the best center, the best safety. We're going to get David Ajobu, the linebacker. Then they started picking up defensive tackles, offensive tackles, cornerbacks. They decided they're going to go back to four years ago when they ran ran wreck on the National Football League with Ingram and the MVP eventually became um, Lamar Jackson. So you start to look at that. Then you got the number one team number one. in my rankings. Thank you. The number one team in my <laughs> rankings, the New York Jets, the big green machine, pick up Sauce Gardner at number one, fourth overall. They get Garrett Wilson, a receiver that they desperately needed. They pick him up at 10. Drake London was there. I think they take Drake London. Drake London went to Atlanta at eight. You got, uh, they get back into the first round at 26 and pick up Jermaine Jackson, or Jermaine Johnson, not Jermaine Jackson, that's Michael's brother. There's no way he played football. <laughs> Jermaine Johnson, um, defensive end. They get back into the first round. They pick him up. And that's big in the first day that they get those guys. Then you look at Bryce Hall, I mean, Bryce Hall, Iowa State. Then you say, okay, they pick up in the fourth round Max Mitchell, which is interesting because he's a tackle. I don't know what the way they feel about the other tackle, then Michael Clemens. So that's the top six of this year's draft in terms of the winners for me. And some people would Key. argue, well, blah, blah, blah. You knocked Jay out of his Key. chair, Key. No I lie. Jay is on, sitting on the floor right now. I am sitting on the floor. I, I, my ass is sitting on the floor talking to <laughs> Well, come on. No, when, you, when you're talking fast and you go Jermaine John, you're just thinking Jermaine Jackson. Because I'm so used to saying, when you say a Jermaine, what's the first thing you think? Yeah. Jackson. Jermaine Jackson. 
That's that's why I said Jermaine Jackson. But I was able to pivot real quick and let you know. That doesn't go for Tito, does it? That could be Jermaine Jackson because he certainly did play in the National Football League. It doesn't go for Tito, but it goes for Jermaine. Jermaine did not play in the National Football League. Yo, my face is... I can't breathe. I don't even think Jermaine knows how to throw a football. <laughs> I would love to see Jermaine throw a football, by the way. I, you know what's so that's, interesting, Jay? He lives in my neighborhood. What? That's, I see him all the time. That's why it came up naturally for you. <laughs> and I see him all the time. Saw, and I'm he so, does not look like he can throw you a tennis ball against a wall. You would make it professional football. I am sorry I'm laughing like a five-year-old. But, y'all, I... I, I told Max Key I went through a hard time with my mom this weekend in the hospital. I... That just broke me. Like, yeah. that just, that's what I put in Jermaine Jackson. Oh, but okay. there you go. The All top right. six top winners six. of this year's NFL draft by Keyshawn Johnson. You know, the, <laughs> getting back to football, the Jets are uh, interesting. The way they – like, if you look at how they put it together, let's put aside whether or not they hit on it or not, right? They draft a left tackle in Beckton. Then the next year they go ahead and draft a quarterback and – a, a versatile lineman who plays next to the tackle, but could play a little tackle, could play on either side of the line. Tucker. Vera Tucker, right? Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. the following year, they go out and get their pass rusher. They trade back up into the first round to get him. He's one of the elite pass rushers of the draft. They they draft an elite shutdown corner type guy. But they, you're missing some guys too. They, no, no question. I'm just I'm just checking off the premier premier positions first. Right? No, but here's why you want to check it off. They huh. they get guys like. Braxton Berrios. Yep. They get guys like Elijah Moore. They go sign a guy like Corey Davis in free agency. All of that is a part of no question. building a team. No question. They're building it. If you, if you take away the evaluations of each position for a second and look at how they're going about it, it seems like they're getting it just right. And now it's up for the piece, up to the pieces to perform, right? And, and yeah. mainly the quarterback. Really, it and comes Joe down Douglas, to Zach Wilson. And Joe Douglas was... I guess he was charged for picking some of the better players in Philadelphia because he was the head of college scouting mm. um, when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles prior to being tabbed as the New York Jets general manager. So he did; he had done a good job in evaluating college talent. I guess the question would be, has he done a good enough job in evaluating the coaching staffs that he's been around? Um, and did he do a good enough job in evaluating Zach Wilson at the quarterback position? Mm. Right, the coaching staff is. If you do, if you are not higher on the Jets, it's because you don't trust Zach Wilson. The coaching, well, the coaching staff around Zach Wilson and these young guys as much as you might on another team, another franchise that has a deep tradition. Of, of coaching guys up and integrating new pieces and stuff like that, right? I mean, that's really what like we're Brian, dealing with. Yeah. Like Brian Dable to a degree in Buffalo and what they were able to do with Josh Allen? Or like well, the Ravens. Or the Ravens, yeah. yeah. More of a history like that, yeah. I, I think when you look at Robert Sala for me as the head coach, I like him as a, a, a good defensive coordinator. He had some pieces in play in San Francisco, so it made him better than what he probably is. I think he is going to get the benefit of the doubt as he should as they continue to build the roster. But it's a lot of the little quirky decisions that they make as a staff. When you bring in John Beck in the middle of the season, who's never had any prior coaching experience at this level, to all of a sudden be a guy on the sideline 
to manage a quarterback in Zach Wilson and you take the offensive coordinator from the sideline and kick him upstairs in the middle of the season, it, it becomes weird to me. Those are decisions that I, I don't want to see in my coaching staff. Like, I don't want to see you making coaching changes to a staff in the middle of the damn season. That, yeah. that to me, makes me suspicious of the franchise, right? Yeah, but but call, what do they say? Uh, uh, calls for pause or pause uh-huh. for calls? Calls mm-hmm. for pause, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 I'm sitting there, I'm like, man. And then you're trying to tell me, well, John Beck is uh, really comfortable with, I mean, uh, uh, Zach Wilson is really comfortable with his quarterback coach. Well, is his quarterback coach really John Beck or was it Quincy Avery? Like, it's like, which one is it? Let me ask you this, though. What about the attempted trade for Debo? Now, they, they get Garrett Wilson in the draft. They have to be very happy about that. He's among the top receivers. But what does the attempted trade for Debo tell you, Key? Well, it tells me if I can steal him, go get him. If I can steal him, him. go get him. But Operative I'm not work, giving he, up the 10th yeah. pat, tenth pick of the draft for Debo Samuel when I got to commit 75% of my offense to one guy, Maxie. Yeah, Key, I, I, the operative word, steal. Right, like if you don't have to give up the whole boat, right? Then you get him. Rich Samini, ESPN Jets reporter on game night. Listen to this. They were interested in Debo Samuel right up until the draft. Right up until draft day, I can tell you that they did make an offer for Debo. Obviously, not accepted. And then when it wasn't accepted, they just went out and uh, Drake London was already picked by Atlanta. I think the Jets probably would have taken Garrett Wilson anyway. So it brings a lot of speed to the offense. He's four three eight in the forty and they really needed a speed element on offense. Yeah, and I think when you look at it, like Rich said, speed kills and it burns. They already kind of got Elijah Moore could do some of the same sort of things. Braxton Berrios, they kind of can do that, you know, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none sort of stuff. Corey Davis is there. Uh, you need a, a guy who can lift the coverage, a nice polished route runner who's got some aggressiveness to him in Garrett Wilson. And you don't have to pay Garrett Wilson – $80 million of guaranteed dollars today. You can get that same sort of stuff out of all those receivers collectively. They made the smart choice. If I can steal him because you're fed up with him and you want to get rid of him, then we can, make, we can swing it. Yeah, I mean, stealing him is one thing. But also, Key, I, I think bringing Debo in, just it, it, it puts on the added pressure, in my opinion, to Zach Wilson to feed Debo and to be that quarterback right now. And I feel like with younger pieces around – uh, it just allows him to organically kind of continue to develop and grow into that. You know, I see it a little bit differently. I can see where you guys point out correctly. Like, you don't want that to monopolize the team. You let them grow organically, right? I, and But there, isn't a CJ, there is a C.J. McCollum element here in the sense that you bring a guy like that into me when you actually, not just establishing the culture in some kind of, like, way that you can't really, you know, intangible way, but, like, you're trying to get some wins now, right? You bring in a guy like that to me because you think that's going to show up in wins pretty I can't immediately. Pay, I can't pay $80 million for that, though. Say, and what uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like what they did what better now. What no, I I, 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 if, if, if I was a team that missed a piece and I, I just needed something. If you think you're there, yeah. Then I'd do it. Like, like, for instance, and this is not about me, but it's about me. If – if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, I'm going to trade two ones for Keyshawn because not only is he bringing what we need on the field, but he's also going to bring that swag to my offense that was stale 
and it needed that because we were right there. That's when you go get a deal. Yeah, a piece Samuel. that puts you over the top. Yeah, a piece that puts you over the top. Yeah, that's what it you does, need. It does, but that's why looking at the Jets, I wonder if it's instead of that, they're just thinking we just need some wins. Because got to put some wins it, up on though. the board. Well, see, that's you thinking as a Giant fan about the Jets. They just need some wins because they can't get any. I think when you look at it, you get Debo Samuel, you give him four years, $80 million. In four years, you're going to have to part ways with him or – you got to give him another eighty million to stick around when the team finally is right. Is ready to win, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meantime, the Giants, um, key. You have them among your best team. You know, it's funny because when top I see five. A, when I see a team draft twice in the top ten, and people are like, "Oh, that's a great draft," I'm like, "Yeah, they didn't mess it up." You're supposed to have a great draft when you draft twice in the top ten. Let me see what they do with the rest of the draft. And they kept trading down and adding picks, and those fourth, fifth round type picks are not very expensive I get they have cap issues they have a lot of holes to fill I, I was kind of jealous I got to admit as a fan when I saw a job goes where and 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 you know uh N'Kobe Dean and these but that's not the kind of drafts the Giants had nevertheless key they seem to have a good draft and the main thing is they did come away with an elite pass rusher often they an elite guy at least the way the scouts see it on both sides of the ball on the on the line so when you look at the defensive side of the ball and you, you, you're a Giant fan, when they won Super Bowls, what did they have? Pass rush. Okay. That, that's what they had. So when you, all of a sudden, Leonard Williams and, and, and you, you match them up with, with uh, Kevon Thibodeau, who, who if he puts everything right together and he doesn't become a lazy you-know-what, he has an opportunity to go down – and be a part of giant pass rush history. Now, you screw it up when you go and you take a guy like Sean Ryan from UCLA at the top of the draft instead of Evan Neal. That's how you screw it up. That's how you get back. Oh, well, we liked him even though everybody else didn't like him. We felt he was one of the top four. There's a reason everybody got him in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, and not number one overall. There's a reason for those sort of things. And when coaches and general managers make those mistakes, that's when they screw the draft up. But Daniel getting, Jones, six overall, in other words? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So when you get a, a, a Kevon Thibodeau and an Evan Neal, you won as far as the organization is concerned. Even if you don't hit on the other guys, you hit on those two, you win. It, I got – day two is, is where I felt like uh, – because at first, Max, we were talking about – the Giants got an A because obviously Thibodeau and Neal, right? But day two is where I felt like Joe Shane, it, it was interesting. I thought he got a little cute right? because I, I thought key, there was a need for a corner, right? Like a cornerback and them trading down twice in the second round of the game, one extra pick in the fourth and the fifth rounds. When I saw guys like Roger McCreary, Kyler Gordon, Andrew Booth, like a safety out there that we could have got to help up, sure up that secondary. Like those are the things that I, I was kind of, I was kind of like almost mad about that we didn't address that concern. I know we could still have a long way to go. Kind of like there wasn't the need or sense of urgency to address that in the corner. Well, they did, they did address it to a degree. <laughs> they took the kid out of LSU, and, and, and I think you say Flaunt is his last name, Cordell yeah. Flaunt, uh, in but, a trade. You know, they got it from Miami, whatever the trade went down at number 81. So they took that, and they got him. So they addressed the cornerback needs. They also took – Dane Belton out of Iowa safety, so they addressed that need as well. But you can't get so bogged up in 
some of the top-end guys, because the top-end guys could sometimes be fool's gold. The National Football League, unlike the NBA, is made up of, if it was the G League in football, that third, fourth, fifth-round picks is where the National Football League is made up at, unlike in the NBA. The NBA is not made up of G League. They're made yeah. up of stars. Mm. I, I follow a, <clears throat> an account on Twitter called Giants Daily because I'm a degenerate Giants fan. And it's a good account to follow, Giants Daily. And they retweeted Jason OTC, you know, a, a draft cap guy, um, who said uh, he took a look at how much estimated value each team added to their roster during the draft. And the Giants were number one. They added in terms of how much, like $60 million of value, right, if it was, I guess, on the open market. They, they, they added a ton of value to the team because of the positions that they drafted. Um, and certainly they hit with their top two, but it was not as sexy a draft as the Jets had. The Jets traded up twice. First, they got both sides of the like key. They already had the offensive line, at least a couple pieces on the line, the Jets. So they went out and got the best available corner, the best available wide out in the draft, and then traded up to get the best pass rusher who had a great and a lot of people top 10. Mel Kuyper's latest mock. His last mock, he had Jermaine Johnson the second going to the Giants. I want to say seventh overall, right? I think with their seventh pick. And then they did it again to get Brees Hall, the best running back in the draft. So it's a sexier draft on the surface. Like, I think Jets fans were a little more psyched afterwards than Giants fans. But, of course, we got to see how it all pans out. Yeah, they should. But they should be more psyched than Giant fans because the Jets had more picks one that made sense for what they needed in terms of the top-end guys. You know, they got the first four guys are all Pro Bowl caliber potential players for the Jets. The first four guys. Where really the first two guys for the Giants are Pro Bowl calibers in Thibodeau and Evan Neal. When you get to Waldale Robinson at Kentucky, I don't know what that means. I guess they they did that more of an insurance pick Mm -hmm. because of the – What's the kid that they're that, shopping Kadarius Tony Kadarius and then Tony. denying it? Yeah, or yeah. or reportedly they were shopping. Yeah, and then and it. then you still got Shepard on some injuries, so I can see why they did that insurance. Why one team's draft sent a message to the rest of the league that they're not interested in a former number one overall pick. It's next on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel eighty. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. 
Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, is back with us giving the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Have uh, an eventful uh, hour since last we saw yeah, you Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Listen to some basketball talk on Get Up. There Talked about the Packers a little bit. Can't beat that. Mm. Panthers draft Matt Corral amid uh, the Baker Mayfield speculation, Dan. Two hours ago, you said this was hot news, so let, let's get into it. Dan, what's that mean? Oh, well, it means I think they're probably out of the Baker Mayfield thing. I mean, look, you never say never, especially with the way Carolina's been acting about quarterback over the last couple of years. But what happened was they were engaged – with Cleveland in trade talks during the draft, and they couldn't reach an agreement. Teams that are talking to Cleveland, including Carolina, want the Browns to pay a, a good chunk of that $18.858 million of Baker Mayfield's salary. Browns haven't gotten there yet. So the Panthers move on, and they, and they take Matt Corral. You have to think between Matt Corral and Sam Darnold, they're not going to bring Baker Mayfield into the quarterback room. Again, maybe, but it seems like they're a lot less likely, and then that's one less suitor for, for the Browns. You know what, Dan? I've been sitting around thinking over the last, you know, several days, clearly before the draft, after the draft, and I've been thinking about the Baker Mayfield situation. And, and what came to my mind is if they're not going to move him, nobody's going to, like you said, absorb that salary. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the Browns, right, I should just sit tight and, and tell yeah. Baker Mayfield, you stay home, work out. We got to eat your salary right now anyway. We got to pay you because it's guaranteed. And wait around till somebody gets – hurt or really desperate come training camp time, preseason time, then you can move him to maximize that value again. Think about Sam Darnold, or mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, Sam Bradford, what happened in Philly. Teddy Bridgewater goes down in Minnesota. They say, we need a quarterback. Here's a one. You think that could happen? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's what the Browns are hoping for, not for someone to get injured, but what they're waiting for is for someone's situation to change, right? Let's say so, there is an injury. Let's say somebody gets to camp and doesn't like their quarterback situation as much as they thought they did. Uh, then you have the ability to move on from Baker at that point. And as long as Baker's not in there making any trouble in the meantime, uh, that strategy should work out fine for them, which is why if I were Baker and I wanted out, I'd be there. Like, I'd show up at the facility. Like, hey, I'd have somebody, like, make me a smoothie and then, like, take yeah, one but sip Dan, and throw it in the they garbage. Don't want, and, like, they don't put my want him in the up. building, though, Dan. Yeah, well, I know they don't, but they have no right to keep him out unless they're going to suspend him, which I, I don't know what grounds they would have for that. So if I'm Baker and I want out, I think my move is to, is to make it uncomfortable for them. And to this point, he hasn't done it. Uh, if he does, if he shows up for minicamp or whatever and, and becomes a real pain in the you-know-what, then, then maybe they have Yeah, but you don't want move. that reputation now. To supersede itself, right? You, you would what? What I would do if I'm Baker Mayfield and his representatives is I would simply say, okay, I'm gonna stay away. I'm gonna work out until we resolve this thing. Because uh-huh. going in the locker room, the players don't want him in there. So now it becomes uncomfortable. What about this? Now you get a reputation of trying to sabotage something. Key. What about this, Dan? What about this? What if they brought Baker in? And because, like, we don't know what Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to be. Correct. Let's say Desha- Deshaun Watson's suspended for eight weeks. You bring Baker in, 
and you keep them and you let them know ahead of time, look, we're bringing you in for this many weeks and then we're going to trade you, cut you, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> and, and you have them in there to try to keep you afloat. Do I think that is a good idea? No. But is that something possible, Dan? Uh, certainly possible, but they did sign uh, right Jacoby Brissett as the backup for Deshaun Watson for that eventuality. So they already have a plan for that uh, in case Deshaun Watson is suspended for a chunk of time at the start of the season. So, yeah, possible, but the way – I mean, th- there's a lot of bad blood there right now, and I just don't think that they want to do that. Or, Dan, should Baker Mayfield – and I know this is Max – He's gonna, his head is going to explode like the Dave Chappelle show. Um, should – Baker Mayfield decide to take a discount to get out of there with another team. Should he say, instead of 18, I tell you what, pay me 11 and give me seven in incentives and I'm going to come in and I'm going to p- compete my tail off. Would you? I would 100% do it if I really want to get away from the Browns really? that bad. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so, I would. I mean, I would if, I, if I had a chance to go to Seattle yeah. and be the starting quarterback, I would take a haircut, put it in incentives, and go win the job. Well, I don't have any indication that that's been discussed, but certainly uh, as they look at potential solutions, I, I wouldn't rule it out. But, yeah, I mean, I think, again, I don't think there's a really good relationship right now be- between Baker and the Cleveland Browns to the point where they're uh, working together to find effective solutions. You know, I, I hear what, key, what you're saying, and I agree, actually. What you're really doing, whatever number that would be that Baker would turn into incentives – would would show that he means business, but more than that, that's a bet he's placing on himself yeah. for the rest of his career. Because if Just, he winds up in the yeah. right situation, even from a from a monetary point of view, compensation, he's going to wind up doing very well, right? Compared to if he just tries to be penny-wise and pound-foolish, pay me out on all of this, and doesn't wind up in the right situation. See, I think Baker's ideal situation right now would be to be cut, right? Because then you get the guaranteed money, fully guaranteed, $18.858 million. Uh, and and then you get pl- on top of that whatever you sign with your new team for. So I think that and you get to maybe drum up a market and, and, and do it yourself. So that's I think his ideal situation. So I don't think he's at a point where he's interested in saying, "Hey, let's redo the contract to help you guys out and trade me." He says, "Cut me." Yeah, and, and, and cut me. Yes, that is true. But they don't want to just cut him. No, because they got to eat it anyway. So it makes no sense. Right for him, if you get cut. You're only gonna. It's only still only one team that would sign you to compete for a starting job, and that's Seattle. Carolina drafted a guy in Matt mm-hmm. Carell. They still got Sam Darnold on the hook. Now they can pay you the veteran minimum or whatever the case may be, and you may go in there and compete. But do nobody wants him in a locker room in Carolina? When one player like Robbie Anderson speaks out, that means that there's other people speaking out of the locker room. They just not on record like Robbie Anderson. So. I would, if I'm him, no, I would seriously think about taking a pay cut to some degree, getting it in some incentives, and telling Pete Carroll, I'm about to come in here and be your next Russell Wilson. Dan Graziano, it is my understanding that you are starring on a sensational show on ESPN later today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah, it's a good show. Called This Just In. Outstanding. I look forward to tuning in and seeing you there next to that very handsome host. I mean, he ain't on there for his hosting skills. He's on there for the eye candy. We know that already. Ramp or reality for Draymond Green. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Key, so we're... (laughs) We gotta tell this story, man. We're on the production call yesterday. We do a production call every day, the day before, to start prepping for the show the next day. And Key, I hear you all of a sudden start hollering about your dog. Now I lived in the hills in L.A. I know what that is. There are coyotes out in L.A. And I start hearing you holler about your dogs and something about coyotes. What happened? Yeah, I was outside, so I was coming in and out watching the Golden State game and trying to watch the game and talk to y'all at the same time. And I happen to go out my back door, and on the side of the house, I'm talking on my phone, but I see this lady walk up, and she had a dog in her hands. And I looked, and I'm like, that's my dog. So I asked her, I said, is that? And she's like, yeah, it's your dog. This is your dog, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how did he get out? And the little you-know-what then got out the backyard, and is roaming the neighborhood, and everybody literally in the neighborhood knows those are our dogs because they just know. And she was telling me that, you know, anything could have happened that took place, the coyotes, the whole deal. And I'm like, if the coyotes would have ate his ass up, good for him. Because he should know better than to keep going out in the damn streets, leaving the backyard for no reason at you all. You hear it in L.A. You hear dogs getting attacked by coyotes. By the Boy, way, Tim he, Legler key is is coming up with us, and he overheard this conversation. Legs. He was just telling me a story about this literally before he walked in. In the hallway, I asked Jay to look at a video from my backyard last night because my wife was down there. We have three mixed-breed small dogs all under 20 pounds. She's out in the yard with them. I'm watching it on the camera because she hit me up. She said, something just ran by the fence in the backyard. I don't know what it was. So I'm looking at the tape. I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Finally, I did. I don't know what it was. We do have a lot of deer back there. If it was a deer, it was a baby deer. Broad daylight? No, 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 no. Pitch oh. black. And, oh, and here's what, oh, oh, so oh no, 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 Here's no, what creeped eyes. me out. Here's what creeped me out was she then, I, I had four clips of it. Finally, I found it. The eyes were off to, in, to the side. The first time she went out there, it was just standing there in the shadows, and then it finally runs by. I asked Jay to take a look at it. I'm examining this thing like the Zapruder film yeah. at this point, trying to figure out <laughs> what is running behind my fence. Because like I said, I've seen deer. It could possibly no, you be cannot, a baby deer. You cannot let the dogs out. Key, when I was I in L.A. I didn't let my dog out. These dogs decide they got a mind of their own. Yeah. Whenever they feel like the backyard is not comfortable enough, it's comfortable enough for oh, adults. Goodness. But they all of a sudden want to roam the streets. He he has on the right side of our house. He and I went back there and look. How the hell is he getting out? He dug underneath the fence. <laughs> He's trying with his to little ass to wish. get outside. Now, like I told my wife, if he gets eaten, good for him. Well, it wouldn't be good for him actually. But we'll be back in ten seconds. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills 
and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. I think tonight uh, was probably a reputation thing more so than a hard foul. <laughs> Draymond Green crying victim. Oh my goodness. Is it reputation? You're damn right it's reputation. Draymond Green gotta be better now, and he knows that because he put himself in that situation to begin with. John Jay Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, Tim Legler with us. But it was you because we saw you do it, Draymond. One me. It was you. I saw you see you do it. One me. Reputation. (laughs) 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 The ref saw me hit him in the face and then pull him to the ground. All right. It wasn't me. One me. Tim Legler with us now, like giving that. the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Legs, so the Draymond play yesterday. Before we even get into anything, let's hear Kane Fitzgerald, the crew chief for the Warriors-Grizzlies game, explain why Draymond was hit with the tech and ejected. He explained it to the crowd. After review, the foul's been upgraded to a second foul penalty, too. Wow. Draymond Green has been ejected. For the wind-up to the face, impact to the face, the follow-through to the jersey, and the throw down to the ground. So, Key, you will appreciate this. Legs and I were just on Get Up, and Legs just on national TV said, man, you put some powder on your face, you're getting soft. So, with that being said, I think you Jay know which Wheel. way. Yeah, I, yeah, hey, hey, I'm standing by it, but I think you know where Legs is leaning towards. Legs, the floor is yours. Well, I didn't like it live. I didn't like the call. I didn't like it when I saw the replay several times. I just didn't. Here's the and it, the biggest problem I have is when they're defining wind-up. I just don't understand where's the wind-up. He slides over. His hand is already up, and then he just rakes down like Thank every defender you. does in the paint with anybody driving to the basket, and he end up catching him in the face. It wasn't a, a particularly hard blow. It was incidental and unintentional, the fact that he grabbed his face. The jersey grab far more significant of the two. But I think even that, to me, is a flagrant one because he tried to catch him before he hit the ground. He tried to hold him up on that. That's a stupid play on the part of Draymond Green. He shouldn't have held on to the jersey or we're not having this conversation. I have a problem with what they're defining the first part of that. When he hits him in the face, the wind up and contact to the head. I just don't me, see that like, as me, being intentional. Let, let me tell you how I saw it because I think sometimes people give an explanation after the fact for a call or for their behavior, and they're not even 100% sure why they did it. But let me tell you what I think the officials saw. It's the combination of the two because it's the intent. First you see the, the, the come down on the face. Then you see the jersey pull. So it was like 
that erases any idea that it was just a basketball play. Even if you think the first part of it was, the second part taken together, they're like, nope, you hit him. And then after that, you tried to yank him down when he's in the air. We, we, we see what you're up to. You're out of here. Can I say something real quick? Not one of those officials knew that he hit, hit him in the face when it happened. Agreed. They went over there to take a look because of the jersey grab to see what that was going to amount to. And the fact that Brandon Clark was laying on the ground, he was, he was selling that pretty good. That's why they looked at it. And then after the, that, my point being, it wasn't so egregious and the contact to his face that they were like, oh, he hit him. But in the that's head why sure. he we caught him. The reason he caught him was because he knew he messed up when he, when he jerked down on the jersey. He's like, oh, let me, let me try to mitigate this a little. It was too late, man. It was the one, two, even if they go back to look at the slap because I'm of just the jersey. I'm really surprised but, what I'm hearing. I walked into a pastry shop today. <laughs> Are you no, exactly, me? man. I tried Key, to are tell you going to help me out, Keith? No, Tim, I tried to tell these two heckling jackals, but Jay will Mr. Basketball, ah, Key, you're crazy. Draymond Green did that on purpose. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, he didn't. Everything you described, I tried to tell them. Every single step of the way, he raked down. What raked down? He didn't rake down. I'm like, dude, he, what are you looking at? I'm watching him rake down. I'm watching him swipe through. He grabs the jersey because his momentum's taking him that way. Once he realizes he's pulling him down, he tries to hold him up because he's stronger than him, and I think reputation got him. Hey, by the way, Key, uh, Jay, you, you might be suspended for the rest of the show because you break down on me with that basketball over got, there and yeah. get up. All arm. I, I felt a little arm, something yeah, on my thumb, and it was quite painful. Reputation <laughs> call on Jay. And then he grabbed my sport coat. <laughs> As I tried to walk to the away, ground. grab my jacket. But, but, like, here's the only thing I would say about it. All right. Because naturally, I think when I saw the, the first breakdown, I'm like, whatever. Like, that's just a hard foul. It was the pull down afterwards. Yeah. Because for me, when I see the pull down, and this is in real time. I'm watching the game. And I'm like, man, like, Dre, you are the modern day Dennis Rodman. Like, people just follow you for doing little things. And then to almost – Confirm it, even though it wasn't. It was like the antics afterwards. You're like, see, Dre, like, this is why people look at you that way. Because you are that type of player. It almost confirms the pull down after the rake to begin with because that is his reputation. And he confirms it for you. Yeah, no, I agree with that part of it. And when you are walking a fine line like Draymond Green and you've had episodes before, actually in the finals when you were suspended and missed time, right? You, you probably have to just be extra careful with the second part of that. I have a problem with the way they interpreted the initial contact. It's just a guy raking down on a ball. He missed – or I'm sorry, he was actually trying to hit his arm and foul him. No question, he was trying to foul him to prevent the layup. But he was trying to hit his arm. And he, and he grazed his face. That was not a hard shot to the face. That's my problem. When you start talking about wind up and contact to the head, and the way that was described to me, if I then went and watched that, I'm like, what are you talking about? Wind up, contact to the head. He raked down on his arm and caught a little bit of his face. The jersey Smacked grab. Him right in the face. He did, but even Brandon Clark wasn't even phased by it. Here, here's a point I keep making. But once that happens, nobody, legs don't yank them down. Here's, 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 once that happens. Here's, 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 to me, it's a smell test of this. There's not one player on Memphis's team and not one member of that coaching staff that would not have been perfectly fine with a flagrant one. Yeah. I'm telling you yes, right now. None exactly. of those, no, they would not have been upset. You wouldn't have seen Taylor Jenkins yeah. up there saying a word to them if they gave him a flagrant one because they watch games every night. They know what and, a flagrant and legs, two looks that like. That being said, right. they missed a huge opportunity, man. Oh, you, gotta you, gotta win win that, that you have to win that game. You gotta win it. And I said, now they're in a must-win scenario game two. You cannot go back to Golden State 
losing two home games against this team. You, you, you know, Draymond first half kicked out. Clay has a really rough night shooting the basketball, and you still don't win the game. That I think that's very foreboding for the Memphis Grizzlies. Jordan Poole, what, what more can we say about how well this guy's playing right now? On the offensive end. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's what they need. That's what they need. Legs, thank you for explaining that to me. Tim Legler, all basketball analysts on everything, high school, little league, NBA, college, Coyotes. joining us this morning. Coyotes. Joining us this morning are Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So the Sixers, game one and two coming up, Embiid not in this. What do the Sixers have to do to survive without the big man in the lineup? They got to get a roll-back-the-clock vintage performance out of James Harden to, just to have a chance. He's got to... He's got to control the game and dominate the game the way that he did in Houston for all those years, where he's, he's basically controlling it possession by possession with his ISO game and his high ball screen and getting to the line, hitting step-back threes, getting into the lane and making guys come so he can make guys better with lobs and kick-out threes. The problem is James Harden's not really capable of doing that anymore at that level. He, look, if you take even 10% away from James Harden's explosive ability – you now put another 25 guys in the league that can guard him mm. as opposed to two or three when he was in Houston at his peak. And that's what I'm saying. To expect him to go out there tonight and give you a 30-point, 10-assist game efficiently, Jay, where he's controlling the action, I think you and I agree on this. I just – where's that going to come from when we haven't seen it really since he got to Philadelphia? So here's where, here's where I see it going. I mean, granted, if Joel Embiid can come back game three, game four – but I do believe, Legs, when this is all said and done with the way Miami plays defense, we'll be talking about what James Harden can't do anymore as opposed to what he can't do. And if that is the conversation, if you're Daryl Morey and if Doc Rivers isn't the guy, are you really bringing D'Antoni over and are you still really paying James Harden the bag? Here's what I'm going to say. Tomorrow morning, if we're talking about Tyrese Maxey, that's far better for the Sixers than if we're talking about mm. James Harden. Tyrese Maxey, and he's got the ability to do it, but he's a very young player. If Tyrese Maxey goes off, and he's capable. Philadelphia has a chance to win the game. We can't lead the show with James Harden because I think it's going to be, wow, he was bottled up. He couldn't rise to the occasion. It needs to be Maxi overshadow that by playing we great. We will see what you have to say about this when you rejoin this program tomorrow, Tim Legler. One NFL team's about to take off after their draft performance next to ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.